Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, yes, yeah, so uh, the Pioneer Network is coming to Manchester in March for our annual leaders conference. And so next year we'll be here in this very room uh, for a couple of days. And so um, if you're involved in leadership in any capacity, you're very welcome. And on the Friday night, it's an open session. So if you can manage to squeeze in, uh, get, get a free ticket, then uh, we'll be open uh, for the evening to come along as well. So that'd be really, that'd be really good. I'm looking forward to that, coming to Manchester. Pioneer has been a very sort of southern-based movement for, for far too long. Uh, and so uh, we're, we're heading north, you know. My, 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 uh, my, my roots are like Scotland and Ireland, so I'm pretty, pretty north anyway. So I'm a missionary to the southerners. Okay, um, I want to read a verse from Judges chapter 2. We're probably one of the saddest verses in the Bible. Uh, verse 8 of uh, Judges chapter 2. And Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. And they buried him in the land of his inheritance, at Timnath Hereth, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gosh. After that, a whole generation would be gathered to their ancestors. Another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. It was sad, isn't it? Yeah. You know, uh, just within a, a generation, uh, they knew the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. Uh, and uh, you read on and they turn back to idols. They turn away from the Lord. And if you read the instructions of God to the people of, of, of Israel, he was continually saying to them, pass it on. Remember. Tell your children. Commend my works to the next generation. Pass it on. Don't keep it to yourselves. And sadly, for whatever reason, it didn't happen. Uh, I was in Australia um, a few weeks ago. Um, we're involved with some churches over there. And um, I saw a really exciting thing that I want to share with you and speak it out. Um, I was just thinking the other day, we, we do say exciting a lot. So, um, but, but this was exciting. So I'm in this conference and there's a bunch of young people at the back of the conference who I hadn't met before. And when I say young people, probably in their early to mid-20s. And they were really going for it in the worship. And so we get chatting to some of them later on. And I said, well, tell me, tell me your story. And so what happened is one of the guys that had, had come to faith and his girlfriend, fiance, uh, had been involved in New Age stuff and uh, came along to a church and got delivered in this meeting, set free completely, um, radically gave her life to Jesus and uh, he then moved from that church up to the north part of Sydney, uh, up to what they call the Northern Beaches, uh, which is where all the, all the surfing happens. And um, he was a, a builder, and he's working with this guy and uh, shares the te- his testimony with him, and this guy gets saved, uh, and they began to meet the three of them together and just to, to pray and to worship, and two years later... There's about 80 young people just meeting in their front room, uh, worshiping God, and people are getting saved every week and delivered. And 
Uh, it, so I, I said, can I come along? He said, sure, come. We, we meet every Wednesday night. So on the Wednesday night, we trundled up to uh, D.Y. Beach area and went to this house. And it was just crammed full of these cool young people just worshipping intensely. I mean, they were singing like spontaneous worship stuff. And one of the lines they were singing was, you can hang me from a rope, you can burn me at the stake, but I'm never going to give up on you, Lord. And I thought, wow, that's, that's pretty intense. That's pretty intense. But it reminded me of the whole Jesus movement from the 70s that some of us were around for. God was doing something again. And I just said, Lord, if you're doing this in Australia, why not the UK? So I want to speak this out to you, as many of you in that generation, and say, why not here? Why not here? A generation grew up who knew not the Lord, nor what Israel, what God had done for Israel. I don't want that to be the case for this generation. Now, our sort of churches, our newer church, have been around for probably a generation, you know, um, 40 years we celebrated last year. I think this church celebrated 40 years, 30 years. You know, so we've been around for about a generation. And I want to just talk to you about generation, generation, generation. The first thing to say is this. God's purposes unfold from generation to generation. He's the God of Abraham of Isaac and of Jacob. He's not just the God of Abraham. But God's purposes unfold from generation to generation. The story of Scripture is the unfolding purposes of God from one generation to the next. What God began in one generation, his intention was that would continue in the next generation. Jacob and the family settle in Egypt after 400 years. Moses takes people of Israel out of Egypt, 40 years in the wilderness, then into the promised land. And so there's this progression of God's purposes from generation to generation. King David came and established peace in Israel, and Solomon, his son, built a house for the Lord. God's purpose unfolds from generation to generation. And the breakthroughs and the learning and the resources that one generation acquires becomes the inheritance for the next generation. Now, inheritance is stuff you don't have to work for. You just receive. Um, let me do a quick illustration. Four volunteers. One, two, three, four. Come and stand here in front of me, guys. Right. Just turn around face the face the... Face the crowd. Here we go. That's fine. Right. So, here's how it works. One generation acquires some stuff. Hey. <laughs> the second generation works hard. They acquire some stuff, but they also receive this stuff. The next generation works hard and acquires some stuff. But they also receive this stuff. The next generation works hard and acquires some stuff, but receives this stuff. 
That's how it works. Thank you. That was simple, wasn't it? Simple. Make sure you give those bags back to my people. So the stuff we receive that we know how to work for. Now, you talk to some of the more mature members of the congregation. I'm not going to point any fingers or look in directions. There was stuff that we had to break through in that today we take for granted. I mean, having a worship session like this 40 years ago was hardly happened. And, and people, certainly from in our context in Southampton, were kicked out of churches because they wanted to express the worship in a contemporary way. They, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues for the first time and were kicked out of churches. That today is just like we can come here, raise our hands, speak in tongues, dance around, and no one worries at all. Because they broke through. And gave it to us. Other things. You know, so I look around at what God's doing in the Church of England now, in renewal. Well, 40 years ago, there was nothing happening. And today, they're planting churches left, right, and center, gathering huge crowds. Incredible. You know, that looks... A bit like we were in the early days. Freedom in worship. Church's community. Breakthroughs that took place in one generation become the inheritance of the next one. So God's purpose unfolds from generation to generation. The second thing that I see is this, that each generation has a unique purpose. And so for Moses and his generation, their purpose was this. Get them out of Egypt. For Joshua and his generation, it was get them into the promised land. For David and his generation, establishing peace in the boundaries. Solomon and his generation, building a house for the Lord to come and inhabit. Each generation had a unique purpose. It wasn't just more of the same. So that's why a lot of our emphasis today is is not so much on some of those things I've just mentioned that are our inheritance. It's much more about how do we now take this into our communities and see the the presence of God in those places, the kingdom of heaven coming to those places. It's a different generation, different purpose. We take what was good and positive and one, we add it to what we've got, and we step into our future and our destiny and our purpose. As this generation, at this time. And we always have to be deeply indebted to the pioneers who pioneered for us, who broke through for us, who created space for us. If that hadn't happened, we would not be here today doing what we can do for our generation in our time. So it's not more of the same. We've got to work out what's God doing today, what is this generation's unique purpose. What is the season that we are now in? You know, I, 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 I love church history. And I look at uh, the history of the Methodist church, for example. And John Wesley spent 50 years on a horse, traveling around the country, leading people to Christ, putting them into little groups, discipling them. That's what it was all about. And many people were illiterate or alcoholic. And, and so he began to take them out of that lifestyle. Uh, disciple them, train them, teach them to read, 
they got cleaned up. They began to look after their kids. They sent their kids to the ragged schools. Their kids became educated, began to read. And so two or three generations later, Methodists are changing the nation. Because their purpose wasn't simply to get out of alcoholism and illiteracy. That had happened. Their purpose was to engage in society and change the world. That's what they did. There's a great program um, that's on BBC Two a number of years ago by um, Ian Hislop called The History of the, the Do-Gooders. If you get it on iPlayer or, or some of the, the box sets. And, and, and he just traced the history of predominantly Christian people influenced by John Wesley's teaching who changed the society in all sorts of ways with better housing and sanitation engaging in politics second and third generation of those who come to faith in Christ interesting different purpose for a different time you've got to keep on doing that bit to have that bit a different purpose in a different time so each generation has a unique and distinct purpose. But thirdly this. Every generation. Needs its own encounter with God. It's not enough. To have that as an inheritance. We've each got to have our own encounter. So in Genesis chapter 12. God appears to Abraham. Abraham as he was then. He says Abraham. I want to bless you. And through you and your descendants, you and your children, I am going to bless everyone on the face of the earth. That was, my, that was his promise to Abraham. And so Isaac was born. A son of Abraham, a descendant of Abraham, to whom the promise applied, right? So in Genesis 26, what happens is this. The Lord appears to Isaac and says to Isaac, I will bless you, and through you and your descendants, I'm going to bless everyone on the face of the earth. It wasn't enough that his dad had the encounter with heaven. Isaac had to have his own encounter with heaven to receive the word for himself. He had a couple of sons. One was called Jacob. And guess what? In Genesis 28... The Lord appears to Jacob. And guess what he says to Jacob? Jacob, I'm going to bless you. And through you and your descendants, I'm going to bless everyone on the face of the earth. It wasn't enough that his dad and his grandfather received the word. It wasn't enough that they had their encounter with, with heaven. Jacob needed his own encounter with heaven. His own word from the Lord to be able to fulfill God's purposes for him and his generation. What the enemy loves to do, can I have you fall back up again? Bring your, bring your, your hard-earned inheritance, one, one each. And so if God's purpose is this, one generation, to the next generation, to the next generation, Holy Spirit encounter, kadoom, 
this is what the enemy does. tries to do this guy works really really hard there's a break in the relationship so they work really really hard they've got something here but not lots there's a break in their relationship they work really really hard break in the relationship they've got to work really hard the enemy will see to divide generations now what we see here across this group this isn't just like young people okay to me this is one generation in the bible a generation is everyone alive at the time that the word is used everyone and so at this time thank you that was great at this time we need a fresh encounter with heaven All of us. For some of us, it'll be the first time. For others of us, it'll be the third, fourth, fifth time, but we, we have a fresh encounter. Heaven speaks again to us. So that we will be a church community who sees generation after generation after generation fulfill the purpose of God in this time time to come time beyond that you know I um, was talking to someone the other week uh, about how there have been some church movements in, in British history where the church is still here today maybe not as vibrant as it was but in name and other church movements that began and aren't here anymore and we were discussing well what what keeps the thing moving uh, this person felt it was structure. So you put structure in place and it keeps moving. I'm not so sure. I think every generation needs to have an understanding of its pro- prophetic purpose. That's what keeps it moving. That's what keeps it alive when we are having a fresh encounter with God. Yes. We're hearing afresh for this time what the Spirit is saying. And when we stop hearing we start to institutionalize and fossilize. And no structure can stop that happening. And so as I observed these young people in Australia, I thought, Lord, why not here? So I'm going to speak it out to you and say, why not here? Why not here? Why not here in Manchester? Something fresh begins in this generation at this time. That the Lord touches our hearts with a hunger and a thirst for him. In a time when our society is in chaos and turmoil and uncertainty. There is a hope that is an anchor to our souls that will sustain us. And help others through this transition time that we are all in as a nation. Why not here? Why not now? Why not you? I pray that it would never be said of this community that a generation grows up who's forgotten what God has done. Who's forgotten the Lord. 
we may be going through the motions, but God took hold of some young people's hearts 30, 40 years ago that changed the landscape of the church in the UK. That's what happened. You know, what we experience today was not being experienced 40 years ago. The church was cold, gray, and irrelevant. It's a bit hotter, less gray, a bit more relevant than it was like then. But we need a fresh encounter with the Holy Spirit. That we capture the heart of God for this generation at this time. You up for that? Let's stand together. If you're uh, 25 and under, I would like you to put your hand up quickly, if it's possible. Uh, okay, what I'd like you to do is, that if you're up for this, go and find someone who's not got their hand up, okay? And I'm going to pray, pray, pray for each other. Is it good? If you're up for this? Yeah. So keep your hands up so we can see whose hands are down. Okay, find someone with their hand down and pray, pray together. Pray that in this generation we would see something fresh. Amen? Go, go, go. Loads of folk over there, hands up, hands down here. Come on, Lord.